Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the CarCast. This is episode 71, if I have my numbers correct, and it's a series-clinching CarCast as the Stars beat the Nashville Predators 2-1 to in overtime in Game 6, clinching the first-round series four games to two, and moving on to face the St. Louis Blues in the second round in what will be a bit of a rematch of the 2016 second round where the Blues came in as the lower seed and beat the Stars in seven games. The last time the Dallas Stars played a playoff game before this series against Nashville. I'm Owen Newkirk. He's Sean Shapiro. We're tired. It's after 1 a.m. On a positive note, the, the traffic appears to be relatively light. Yeah. Yeah. There's flashing construction lights all over the place. I think we're on the right side of this. We are. But nonetheless, we soldier on. It's going to be a late night. So, Sean, that was fun. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. I know there were some people on nerves who had some nerves going on during overtime. But some, that, was, that was a lot of some. fun. I mean, we all had nerves, right? So here's the thing. And we'll go back through the, 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 the three regulation periods. But in overtime, I thought Dallas really put the foot... Oh, yeah. On the throat, really went, went for it. It wasn't a, let's sit back and not make a mistake and then see if we can counter off of something. They went for the jugular. No, they did. They had a lot more chances, and they, I mean, look, either team could have won. It was close, but the Stars played very well. It was a uh, overtime session that would have ended earlier if not for Pecorini. How about the save he made on the Jamie Benn oh, chance where yeah. Sagan centered it to him? It was Ben's second chance of overtime. He had three quality chances. The first was right off the hop. I think it got blocked. I don't know if it made it to Rene. The second one, Sagan centers it to him, and Rene steals it. And then the third one, I didn't get a good view of it because of where we were standing by the end of the game, but everybody says it hit the corner post. I thought it hit the crossbar. Like right where the crossbar. It might have been the. It might have been the elbow. It might have been the elbow. That's what I was hearing. Was it? It was off the elbow. Yeah. Either way, it was darn close to winning it. They go down the other way. Sisson's missing the net. Mm -hmm. I don't know how great of a quality chance it was or not. I didn't give it to him, but it was chaos. And then Radulov to Klingberg, and they win it. We've gone backwards in order here. It doesn't matter. That Klingberg shot was. He had a second to catch it, collect, and just. I mean. Just a beautiful shot. Great, great vision by Radulov to find him. And extends Radulov's run of points in 13 of his last 14. 18 points during that run. And you know what? It was an overtime goal that a lot of times you see the ugly overtime winner. It was kind of pretty. It was. (laughs) Right. I mean, a lot of times in OT you get the deflection, uh, the fluttering one, the dribbler that goes off a skating in or is deflating. This was a high-skill goal where obviously – Nashville will go back and look at it, not like the coverage mm-hmm. on the play. Yes. But the defenseman jumped into the play. It's hard to cover when the D-man jumps in from the point. And he was right at the dot. And Rene had to go side to side. And we, how many times have we talked about that? The, even if you want to go advanced analytics, we know from the eye test that's what you do. But if you have to cross the center line as a goalie, it yeah. raises the probability that that chance will go in. Yeah, the way it crossed the slot, and um, I'm drawing a blank on who brought that up as who dubbed that the Royal Road, but when you cross the Royal Road, <laughs> it makes things so much harder for a goalie. The first period was dominated by Nashville tonight. Yeah. They were desperate. They came out. They got the early goal from uh, Austin Watson. Austin Watson on a rebound. Yes. Uh, good shot. Brian Boyle with a tip. I think... 
if Boyle doesn't deflect that P.K. Subban shot, Bishop probably controls it. I agree with that. Because that's why I thought that it was – he got a really nice little deflection, and that made it almost impossible to do anything with it. Yeah. And then Watson's to the front of the net. Stars don't cover well. He scores. It's 1-0. Bishop was big tonight. I mean, Rebecca Rennie was great as well. But I thought in that first period, Sean, it could have easily been two or three goals for either side, but particularly for Nashville. Well, for me, tonight was really reminiscent, and I think – and Ben Bishop, to me, was the MVP of this series. Um, To me, there's two periods that won this – helped really win this series for the Stars. It was period one of game one and period one of tonight, where Ben Bishop did what he needed to do to keep his team in the game and let everyone else catch up and get going. Yes. And that's what happened in game one where the Stars won, and that's what happened tonight where they came out home, they were came out trailing one nothing, but it could have been so much worse, and they were in such a good spot because of Bishop. They were only down one, and because of his play, they were able to – and he obviously played great the rest of the game too. But in that first period, him not allowing that second goal or him not – because two goal, they, they let up two goals tonight, they don't win. That's how good Pecker Rene was. Bishop, to me, in that first period, that's the reason they won tonight and they were in a position to win. In yeah, I agree. Stars end up getting a, a goal in the second frame to tie it. Uh, Blake Como mm-hmm. scores. Uh, there were a couple of posts early. Jamie Benn hit one in the first period on a rush where he had Pecorini beat short side and he hit the post. In the second period, the first 15 seconds, Esselindel goes to the backhand and again has Rene beat and hits the post. Stars could have had something there. But uh, Como scores on a three-on-one beautiful shot and it's 1-1 and that was it for the goal scoring until 17 minutes into to yeah. the overtime I thought the Stars got into the game there weren't a ton of chances in the second period they outchanced Nashville in the third however there were two enormous saves one was a 2-on-1 rush and then one was a 2-on-0 rush where Colton Sissons either didn't want to pass or didn't know he had a teammate with him and tried, tried to beat Bishop one-on-one, either one of those go in. Yeah. We're probably talking about getting ready for game seven. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the uh, and the other thing the Stars did really well tonight, um, not only in overtime but throughout the game, and I think, I think it was most prevalent in overtime, they did a really good job, like they've done all series, uh, all they, like they did all series, of winning those battles and digging out the pucks when, they, when it was there. Um, for example, I think it was in overtime tonight. Ryan Johansson has a chance where they're gonna look, he's gonna look at that and wonder why he didn't shoot the puck quicker. Yeah. Um, but puck gets all scrambled. That Andrew Cagliano wins that battle in the middle of the ice to get that puck out after the save, the breakaway save by Bishop. Great back check by Tyler Sagan to come wrap the play up where Bishop's still recovering to his spot. Now, would have been a prime chance? Who knows? But it's still a great effort yeah. by say Like a lot of that tonight, where the stars were coming back they were coming around and they were they were swarming opportunities away from Nashville if that makes any sense yeah it did and I thought that they recovered quite well but again they got stretched out a couple of times throughout the evening where I don't think the stars would have been happy about it yep. they gave up odd man rushes that they otherwise usually don't and part of it I think was that they were start trying to go win the game I liked the idea of going forward but it was very against the structure this team has put, put in place yeah um, Sean, we could talk about about a ton of stuff. Let's why, get, why, why don't you just go to the fans? I want to go to the lightning round because yeah. we have a ton of, co- of questions yeah. already, so I think the lightning round would be uh, a good thing to do because yeah, do there's a lot of that. One thing I'm going to bring up before we get to it because I'm still trying to find it is 
I thought Jason Spezza regressed tonight after a really great showing in Game 3, his first of the series, and then Game 4, where he looked good again and had just a dominant face-off performance. He struggled in the circles in Game 5, but played okay. And then I really didn't think he was great tonight. He, he missed a couple of glorious chances where he missed the net or Brendan made the save. But I just didn't feel that he was on top of it. It wasn't his best game of the series. And I thought Pitlick and Dowling on that line looked great. I just didn't think 90 had his best game. Did you? Um, Did you notice him much? No, I didn't notice him much. I him and he, had, he had the miscommunication with Pitlick that led to the Watson goal. Yeah. Um, on the well, turnover there. Right, yeah. And I didn't really notice much from him tonight. Um, I actually didn't notice that much. I noticed Tyler Pitlick in overtime when he blocked a shot after uh, down after the Stars had a defensive zone icing that they shouldn't have had. Um, but I actually didn't notice Pitlick that much either. I mean, not, he, Pitlick only played eight minutes. Um, I, I did notice Dowling. I thought Dowling was pretty good. Um, he keeps playing so well and having all these moments yeah. where you go, oh, great play. Hey, it's these little details, which yeah. Jim Montgomery loves. He's just he's due for a goal, right? Yeah. He does everything. He does so many great things that and for a little while we'll talk about Rope Hints a little bit later, but while he was out of the lineup, Dowling got moved up to that second line and I thought he looked good up there too. Yeah. And and the other the other line Just a good addition to the, the team. overall the bottom six was I, the bottom six, I thought Dowling looked good, and then obviously that third line tonight. They were the best line. They, they were the best line of the night. Most they consistent. They were the best line for either team tonight. All right, let's get to some of the questions. Brian writes in, it looked like the defender's black tape on the stick made the puck hard to see at the moment of the hurdle overtime shot. He's talking about last oh, night. Oh, yeah. Um, he, it's actually something he replied to you about five hours ago. Oh, wow. Does the color of the tape affect the goalie's ability to track the puck off a stick? Uh, it does slightly. Um, I've always... It is it is harder to read a uh, it is harder to read a shot off of black tape than white tape. However, that's more of something that happens with traffic. Uh, it's it's not as difficult on the, the example with the hurdle shot. That's not one where the color of the tape is really going to impact it because it's it's just a situation you're focused on. Where the color of the tape impacts the goalie's ability to read it is if you're taking a shot from the point it's coming through a screen. It's much easier for a goalie to read it if it's coming off white tape than it is off black. Because you can pick up the puck quicker. Yeah, because you can pick up the puck quicker. There's less, there's, there's, you're giving more contrast if you're using white tape. Um, the other thing about the hurdle goal, and this was a, there was a debate on Twitter about all of this where I was amazed the amount of people that were disagreeing with Mike McKenna on it. That's a goal that Flurry misread because the stick is, 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 uh, Deflected is, tu- is is being touched by the defensive stick by the defender stick. Right. And it's I actually talked to Bishop about it this morning where, in Bishop compared it to it's like a quarterback when a quarterback gets hit and he's throwing, the way his arm is going when he's getting hit when he's throwing it looks like one the ball's going to go one way and it goes the other. Right. And that's what happened with the shot where Flurry read the shot like it was getting taken, um, like it was going to go one way. And the follow-through went differently, and the release point went differently than he expected, and that's kind of what caught him off guard. Jen writes in, do other hockey teams yell something when their team scores like the Dallas Stars do? Don't all hockey fans yell when their team scores? I think she means chanting certain things, like the Stars oh. chant Dallas Stars with the Pantera song. Yeah, I mean, Nashville has a whole bunch of chants oh, yeah. in their arena. Many arenas have some sort of special thing that they do or goal song that they like. So, yeah, that's... That's not exclusive to Dallas, but the Dallas Star song is a specifically written song by Pantera for this team. It was for, written. For uh, it was written uh, after a round of golf between Vinnie Paul and Greg Ludwig, 
And um, no, seriously. And, no, I know this is part and, of your and, book. And it was a, uh, and if I remember, if I recall correctly, it made the uh, the CD made its debut road debut in St. Louis, I believe. No kidding. Yeah. Freebie rights. Was the Preds power play that bad, or were the were the Stars penalty killers that good? Also, here's an obligatory: How do you think the Stars stack up against the Blues? Um, we'll get to the Blues, but let's talk about this special teams battle. Their power play, like the Stars, are a top five penalty kill. They were very good. Yes. The Preds are a very good penalty killing team. The Preds power play is that bad. Yeah. No, it's, it's com- not th- good. Th- this series, the 0 for 15 on the power play by the Predators, is a combination. It's Largely self-inflicted by Nashville. However, Dallas does deserve credit too. Oh yeah. Yeah. But they didn't do enough to create no, no, they, chances. Yeah. And, and Ben Bishop was great as part of it, but they didn't give a concentration. I think that's one of the things we look at going to the St. Louis series. And there's lots of aspects to break down. Is yeah. you cannot expect the Stars to go 100% on the penalty kill against St. Louis, right? I, it's just yeah. it's not going to happen. I also don't think you can let up the first the first goal four times against St. Louis. Did it against the Preds, but the, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. playing with fire. Um, our buddy Scott, who we do skate the Nooner with occasionally, um, wants to know, after tonight, we at least get two more card casts, right? Right? Did Hints go through concussion protocol, and how good was that Cogliano-Como forward group tonight? Obviously with Fox. Let's talk about Hints first. Yeah, well, yes, he did go through concussion protocol. And yes, there will be at least two more card casts. Yes. After tonight. Maybe more. You never know. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yes, yes, yes. Guaranteed games three and four, presuming our travel logistics stay the same. Yes. Who knows? Yes. <laughs> um, but Hintz, uh, yeah, Hintz did go through concussion protocol, and um, he then he returned to the game. He passed the concussion protocol, and uh, was the question about his play or just the- just the, was he going through? Because he got a hit up high. He actually had played some power play time at the end of the first yeah. period, about forty seconds. So he didn't go into the protocol right away. It just means a spotter spotted him yes. after. And then he had to go through it and got cleared and was back in the game. Yeah. Um, the Cogliano-Como-Fox line was fabulous tonight. They created chances. They could have had more goals. Um, but not just – I mean, when they're contributing in both ends, it's really something because they're so good at shutting down opposition. But they were the, – I mean, look, there were, there were swatches of the game or moments where the Sagan line was great yeah. or Zuccarello looked good – Dickinson, or sorry, uh, Dowling and, and Pitlick made their moments, but all night long, the one that was the most consistent was clearly the Fox line. I thought they were going to end it in overtime. I just did too. How, how the game was going, I thought they were going to be the ones that was going to get it. They were quick, and I thought Cogliano looked great tonight. Yep. Um, let's see. Galapagos Dr. Dash was feeling a little bit uh, underappreciated by the car cast. Oh? I don't know if you saw this a couple hours ago. I said, gee, I hope I haven't been muted. The CarCast is one of the highlights of Stars game for me. You haven't been muted. Don't always get to all the questions. Sometimes your questions may not be selected by whoever's reading them, whether it's myself or Sean. And you have to remember our last game, too, was the... Uh... We had to cut that short because we were getting bombarded by a storm yeah. that we thought was going to include baseball-sized hail. Yes. Thankfully, uh, it didn't. Yes. Uh, but he ends up writing in, if I'm not blocked, which you're not, my question is this. If you had to pick a food item... To describe the series with the Predators, what would it be and why? Well, of course, that's obviously the first question I had. A food item. One food item. Um, hmm. That's a tough one. I don't. I eat a lot of food. 
probably too much, but I don't necessarily uh, create quick analogies to hockey games based on food. Yeah. Um, Are you inspired by anything here? Am I inspired by any foods by this, this series? Um, no, not really. I mean, there's no foods that come to mind. I guess the one the one thing that would one would consume is there's... Uh, it was. You know, they did serve a version of hot chicken tonight in the did they? Southern hot chicken with uh, some gravy on it, which is... It's probably not the same thing as what they do in Nashville, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Stars are playing the Preds, and they had that as one of the options in the AAC press room tonight. Yeah. But um, anyway, I John, mean, I want to move I, on. I guess here. one thing that does. Oh, you have an idea? Instead of food, is they did have some moonshine in Nashville. So. Um, yeah, but that's a Nashville thing. It doesn't tie in the Dallas. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I mean, I didn't. I, I mean, mean, you could have Battle of the Barbecue, right? There's a very different. Yeah. Barbecue slash what Nashville does. Yeah. Eh. Andrea writes in, y'all are warriors, it's late again, and you're still doing this. Thank you. Did y'all get dessert tonight? So here's the thing. I I tweeted something out during the Game 5 afternoon broadcast. We were in the ticket studios. You were in Nashville. I said, hey, anybody down at Hero, which is the new restaurant at Victory Plaza, wants to get us dessert, we won't refuse. I was kind of being tongue-in-cheek. And, of course, a couple of our wonderful stars fans said, hey, you've got to get them dessert, and somebody did. That's great. A couple of uh, of the homemade ice cream sandwiches. And it's the ones where it's two cookies with ice cream in the middle. Oh, yeah. Do you get to pick the the ice cream flavor? No, they were just served. I think it was vanilla, but it was one was Oreo cookie style, like chocolate Oreo style. And then the others were chocolate chip cookies with ice cream. Okay, go wrong. I had... I, we, there were four of us in the ticket studio that day. We split them in half, and each had a, uh, a half. There you go. So that was nice. I was always a fan. There was a place uh, near where I grew up where they did that, and I would get the uh, the chocolate chip cookies with the mint chocolate chip ice cream in between. Yeah, that's not a bad movie either. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we did. But on, at the AAC, there's lots of food and desserts are available yes. upstairs and down. So, yes. I always have a dessert of some yes. sort. I almost had an ice cream tonight, um, but then I was shamed about it, so I didn't have one. I had the <laughs> soft serve ice cream was the uh, machine was in the meal room. Yeah. I had that and a small bread pudding. Ah. Because calories are not important to me apparently. Uh, or we're just gonna have to work it off tomorrow after I get up at noon. Chev <laughs> uh, wants to write write in. Uh, can Dallas bring Zuccarello, Johns, Mathot, and Hansel back next year? What are the chances? Okay. So first and foremost. Um, Johns Steven, is under contract. Stephen Johns and Martin Hansel are both under contract for next year. Yes. Whether Hansel plays again is very much up in the air. Do you think Stephen Johns? I mean, we have no idea where he's. I, going. I, I don't Will wanna, he ever I, play again. We I don't, don't want to comment on either of those guys. Yes, because I don't. I don't know anything. Okay, now you just had a story about Mark Mathot. I do. He, have, I do know more is, about Mark Mathot. He is out of a contract with the Stars yes. after this year. Yes. But he sounded from your article. It sounded like he has thoughts of trying to play again. He wants to play again. He's working his ass off to play again. He is now. He has. He thinks with how everything's going, he's going to be able to. He's yeah. optimistic about yeah, he's it. He's optimistic about it. The one thing is, he's also willing to admit he's going to wait to see how it feels to by when he's in when he gets to June and July and he's able to actually skate and get into a couple scrimmages and something like that and see how it feels then. Right. But he's feeling optimistic that he's going to be able to play again. And um, I don't know if that opportunity comes in Dallas just because. I don't see the stars being able to take that risk just because of what type of risk Stephen Johns is. Like, I, it, it's it's one thing if it's one thing to take a risk like that when 
you only have one player to worry about that. The Stars don't want to go into a spot where they're worried about, well, do we have two defensemen that might not be able to make oh, it? Like, they had to go yeah. through that this year yeah, and, and you, dealt with 14 of them. And you, and you don't want to go in with that as part of your plan. No. So If it um, happens and you have to deal with adversity, that's one thing. There's a very big difference when it comes to like saying, well, we're just going to wait and see, right? Yeah. I mean, they, I just don't know. Yeah, I, I, I hope Mark Mathot plays again. Remember, I, Roman Pollock is out of a contract at the end yes, of this year as well. So, so what uh, they decide to do with him, who's yeah. been great, but yeah. was not supposed to be a top-four option. At least no, to start. I, I do, yeah. Um, great question here from Sam. Writes in that he's glad this isn't the last car cast. Lots of good to go around tonight. And he did say, Sean, that he thought Pecorine looked good, could have turned this into game three. But his question is, he wants to know how your and my brackets are looking. Did you fill out a bracket, even I, if it's unofficial? I didn't fill out a bracket. Okay, so I did. <laughs> I didn't actually do the NHL official one to enter the contest. I don't know if I'm eligible or not. Maybe, but I didn't. But what I did do is I printed one out for home and did it with the family. So an info, informal one, like we do with the NCAA brackets, just, just for fun. Mine isn't doing so well. I did pick the Stars to win the first-round series, and I did pick St. Louis to beat Winnipeg. So I have that right. I picked Vegas to win the first round, which they may still do, but I also picked Calgary over Colorado after much stewing about that, so I got that wrong. On the other side, I picked the Tampa Bay Lightning to win every round and win the Stanley Cup, so I'm wrong, and my bracket is, is horribly busted. I got, I have the Bruins over the Maple Leafs, we'll see. I wanted to pick Carolina, but I went with Washington. I went with the head over the heart, and I got the Islanders over the Penguins right, so... A mixed bag of good and bad in the brackets toast. Yeah, I did. We didn't, I didn't do a bracket. I had Tampa Vegas in the Stanley Cup final. I didn't do a bracket. We just did. I just did first round because for the athletic, we right. did everyone. All of our writers did first round predictions that were tabulated and everything like that. And um, I think I I got I got Columbus wrong obviously because I picked Tampa. Um, I think I'm I hitting about fifty percent, about five hundred on the my first round picks, roughly. Okay. Um, I know in my bracket I have uh, in a uh, in a media pool I am with uh, our our friendly degenerate uh, Scott Burnside. I have uh, I, I loaded up I, I ended up loaded up with players from Toronto and Vegas and Dallas. So those are the teams that for my uh, winning winning that pool. Uh, those are the teams that I'm hoping for <laughs> All right. to maybe win that pool. Uh, Scott wrote an interesting one, but it's kind of odd. By Tampa Bay Lightning's logic, is the dominant Stars penalty kill at a disadvantage heading into round two because they haven't faced any adversity this postseason? No. They're no. a good penalty kill team. They've, they will face a more difficult one, but that doesn't mean they didn't have to earn it. So not a disadvantage. No. Uh, Alex writes in, how do you feel about the ref you suck chance? Seems counterproductive to getting calls going forward, but does energize the building. Every NHL building has fans voice displeasure with the officiating at times. I don't believe that referees, because the building gets on their case, suddenly decides to not make a call in the home team's favor because the fans have upset them by their refuse suck chance. If they do, they shouldn't be working in the NHL. Yeah, no, I don't think the refs care what the fans do. No, but I do think that the reaction of a sold-out building can sway if the if a referee's on the fence sometimes they might react and the ref might then human nature might kick in and go well maybe there is you know something there i don't think they're supposed to 
be swayed by fans, but I think that's part of home ice advantage. That's a question I'd love to ask a referee. Yeah, maybe you can use that someday. Aaron writes in, I hope you guys are doing a car cast. Of course, we are. Mm-hmm. I hope you are including victory screeching if you are. What do you think about victory screeching? And if I'd be and I'd be curious what you thought about the biggest adjustment the stars made in the series was what, i.e. putting the big line back together or something more subtle. Um, to the biggest. I have no idea what she's talking about. Victory screeching, is unless she's talking about the, uh, uh, is it the SpongeBob? That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't. I don't have a problem with Vic, the SpongeBob victory screech. I just really don't want to yell. I'm too wanked <laughs> out. Yeah. But um, so we're not gonna screech. What do you think about the biggest adjustment Dallas made in the series? The biggest adjustment Dallas made in the series? Yes. Um, I think they basically their top line their top line got rolling really and just took over in game starting really in game four there. And Nashville's top line never got going and they didn't mess with it. That's really what it was. Like the stars the Stars found a system that worked, really starting with Game 3. They played with more creativity. They played with more possession. And they didn't mess with it the rest of the way. That was really the biggest. And that's not an adjustment. That was That's one of those things of knowing when not to overcoach. Yes. I think that's something that... What did Monty say more than one time about certain things? I'm not going to try to outsmart myself. Yes. Um, Ardell writes in an interesting question that we can a- elaborate a little bit on. He okay. said, the Dallas Stars ticket sales policy selling to f- only to five continuous states really worked. Very little yellow. Mm-hmm. Will the organization continue this fantastic policy? P.S. Groobs was on fire tonight. Building was rocking. Groobs was indeed. Kudos to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, great night. Uh, the t- ticket sales policy was more to do, Sean, and you were privy to this conversation yes. as well, in terms of trying to uh, limit the secondary market and try to keep brokers from chewing up a ton of tickets and then shoveling piles of playoff home gate game tickets on the secondary sales market yes. than it was to limit the Nashville yeah. crowd. It was yeah, it was more so of that. It was more so let's not let brokers raise from New York or and other so it's interesting because I did see, and it worked because I don't know if you, there was a graphic that I saw. I was tagged in on Twitter from, I think it might have been from Ticket IQ, where the lowest secondary market price for Game 6 of any series in the first round was the Dallas game. No kidding. Yeah, where it was it was like $102 was the average price in the secondary market. Mm-hmm. And by comparison, I think it was the, uh, what, was the other, what was the other Game 6 uh, tonight? It was Carolina and Washington. Oh, no, the one that was, well, Toronto was the most expensive. Like, was, the secondary market which was, is always was, gonna was be ridiculous. But even the Carolina-Toronto one was more on the secondary yeah. market, which means probably some brokers got a hold of them. be curious if I get a chance to talk to Stars President Brad Alberts about this, how they feel after this round, mm-hmm. how it went, and yeah. if it had the desired effect. Andrew, by the way, Sean, we are now at the call for questions. So oh, all wow. that was before wow. that. Well, thank right? you to everyone for the participation and using the, the CarCast uh, hashtag early. So let's get a couple of quick ones. Yeah. How do you, Andrew writes in, how do you, the boys match up against St. Louis and will there be, what will be the one thing to look out for the upcoming series? Um, I think in the first round series, I said, Sean, that the team with the better goalie in the series is going to win the series. Mm-hmm. It happened. Yes. Uh, the numbers stand out. Pecorine was very, very good. Please don't take it as a shot about him. Yeah. But Ben Bishop was better, and the team that won was, of course, the Stars and Bishop's team. Ben I think that's going to hold true for the second round as well. Ben Bishop was the best goalie in the NHL all season. He was the best goalie in the NHL this series. 
Pekka Rinne just wasn't as good as the best goalie in the NHL. Yes. That's... Um, and the Stars' top line was better than their yes, set, yes. top line. That helped. But there were, I mean, but the, the Fox line was great. Zuccarello, Dickinson, Hintz all accounted for goals. They had, what, seven combined mm-hmm. between the three of them? Yeah. Um, I think that the Stars are uh, – I don't think that St. Louis is as a, a, a super fast team, but they're heavy. They, I don't think their defensemen are the same as Nashville, but they're big. And I think they're going to be tougher to stop on the power play. Yes, I think so. Um, I I think it'll be a fun matchup, and you know what? I think it'll be another long series. Uh, our buddy Jonathan Cantu, yep, a uh, former puck hunter, said excellent top three picks for the three stars tonight. Sean, have better dessert picks. Have better dessert picks? Like, is that like a demand? I don't know if he's saying that he maybe from the previous car cast. I don't know. We'll have to ask him later. Oh, I mean, I'll be that. I'll be honest. The three stars tonight were not. Here's the thing: you could have easily fallen into the trap of whoever scores the winner in overtime gets the number one star. Ben Bishop deserved to be number one. No, I had so here's here was here's how the three stars were. Don't you love overtime games for three stars? They're I, awesome. Because I had to hand the over I had to hand the three stars in with seven minutes left in regulation. No. Oh. So with seven minutes left in regulation, the overtime my three stars were winning goalie. Yep. Game winning goal, losing goalie. It worked out perfectly. And it was... Yeah. So... And, and they were both good. I thought Bishop was better as far as the real high danger saves. Yes. But Sean writes in, uh, will Ganmark slot in for Spezza to start the second round series? I think he was a real liability tonight, ineffective on the dot, and struggled to hit the net when given the opportunity. I felt similar. I don't know about liability, but I just don't think he was as good. I said, but I also don't think he... I don't think Spezza's the first one out. Who? I think because they still use Spez on the power More play. More than Pitlick? Pitlick hasn't played any special teams. He only played eight minutes tonight. I agree what you're saying, but Jim Montgomery praised Pitlick's play tonight in the postgame. Do you think that was merited? I thought he was okay, but, but he only played him eight minutes. Like, it's it, it's not... They got a couple shifts in overtime, though. Yeah, but he got... Like, I, I, I can see the logic. I just don't see... I don't see Spezza coming out because I think Spezza is still an option that they want to okay to use on the power play. Pitlick doesn't right now isn't being used on special teams at all, and for that reason, to me, he's the one out. A couple more real quick. Stefan yeah. writes in: Essa has been amazing this whole series and was again this series, or oh, the whole season, and then was again this series. He's going to get a big contract, and quite a few East Coast hockey people will say, "Who is that guy, and why does he get so much money?" Not getting same recognition, Klinger and Miro, but he was huge. Essa plays a different style of game, so because he doesn't put up as many points, he doesn't get noticed as much by the casual observer or the media that doesn't see Stars hockey every night. Yeah. But boy, he's a, he played fantastically in this series. And Sean, watching him play all most or all of a penalty kill is just is amazing. He doesn't ever need to come off the ice. It seems. One thing I will say about East Coast hockey people and paying attention to it and just getting to the second round of the playoffs, there's less hockey to watch. Miro Heishkin is not flying under the radar anymore. Essa's not flying under the radar. Miro played the most of anybody in the series. Miro is now... I actually didn't think Miro had his best game. No, no, no. But so, Did you? No, he was just okay. I thought he was... He, he, for he was Miro's good. He was, standards, good. He was, good. He was okay, yeah, yeah. But, but I thought he made some mistakes where you went... Oh, I, you don't usually see him do that. But then he had other good plays. He played a okay. Miro played 159 minutes and 10 seconds. It's crazy. That's second most in the entire first round of any player in the entire NHL. He's That's 19. Crazy. Yeah. 
Brendan writes in, can anyone confirm if Zuccarello made it all the way to the bench with Watson's stick? I didn't even notice this, Sean, but he's got a picture of yes, Z- Zuccarello this. skating away with two sticks. Yes, I did. Uh, he did make it all the way to the Stars bench with Watson's stick. Zuccarello's a little... Uh, he gets under people's skin. He's he's pesky. Yeah. He's feisty. He, if you're on the opposition, could you find him a little bit of an irritant? Yes, you could. A- agitator a bit. And, and, and that's it's one of those funny things. It. It's one of those funny things where we're learning more things about Zuccarello in this playoff series than we typically would because we only had two games of. I know you don't play. really get to see yeah. what he can yeah. do. Uh, Christopher, or sorry, Thomas, also known as Buns. Okay. Tommy Maddox, you know yeah. from Austin. Yes. We know him from a locker room attendant for the Texas Stars. Says, tips for staying awake slash make time go by for long drives, such as the drive back to Austin. This is a cop-out, Sean. It's called listening to the car cast. Listen to the car cast. He, hopefully, he may still be driving. He sent it out 24 minutes ago, which means he's tweeting us while he's driving back to Austin. Don't do that, to Buns. Be safe, don't, Buns. Don't, don't tweet and drive, Buns. But, uh... but the car cast is coming as soon as Sean goes in the house and then posts it. Yes. So keep an eye out for that. Christopher writes in, why do the current day stars seem like they're usually outshot? Let's not count tonight's totals. Where, of course, they weren't outshot. Uh, is that is it that they cycle more or look for better lanes? Do their opponents shoot more than look for plays? It's late, and I hope this question makes sense. I get what he's saying. I think the stars tend to be a little bit more selective as their shot attempts, whereas in this series, the Preds, Showed very early they were going to shoot from anywhere. Yeah, Predators shot from everywhere, and the, sh- the Predators, like even in the first period, while Bishop was very good, if you're Nashville and you look at those 19 shots they had in the first period, how many of those 19 shots were? Maybe half of them were actual scoring threats. It wasn't one of those where it was 19 great shots, great A's. It was 19 where half of them were okay. We're just from far out. We're from right. bad angles, things like that. Uh, Kevin writes, and we have two left, so we're going to okay. finish this oh, fast. Wow. Yeah, because it's 1.45 now. We need to go to bed. I still have to drive home. I don't have to fly to Nashville tomorrow. That's right. I sent a text to... Uh, Did you cancel your flight to Nashville so yet? The game ended, and I sent a message. By the way, just uh, I, wanna, I want to set this up for yeah. you. On the drive down to the arena tonight, Sean says to me, after this game tonight, I will either have to make a hotel reservation or cancel a flight. And he was hoping hoping for the latter, and that's exactly what happened. Yes, because had the Stars lost this game, I would be flying to Nashville and booking a hotel. You would be doing this today. And And on top of that, I would be packing for at least seven days. Would you have gone Nashville straight to St. Louis? Oh. That's what would have happened. Now you get to see your family for a couple days. I get to see my family again. Like... Awesome. So I got... And you get to play our beer league game on Wednesday night. Hopefully. Which is very important. Hopefully. What do you mean, hopefully? What oh, because it's Thursday. What if, what if game one is Thursday? It's a 10:30 start, so yeah. We'll see. Red eye? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's a I'm big ho- commitment I'm, I'm to hoping, a beer I'm game. hoping that for that. Friday, I want it Friday. I'm hoping for that Friday Sunday yeah, games. So. I am too. Um, Kevin writes in, how much do we t- should we talk about Jim Montgomery out coaching Peter Laviolette? Was this series too even to attribute much to coaching, or did Monty make a legit difference in this series? I actually think because it was so tight that coaching had more of a factor. Yeah. Um, the matchups the Stars were giving the Preds fits was they thought, for especially early in the series, that the Stars were trying to avoid Sagan uh, with the Johansson line. Mm-hmm. But then, So then they stars, Dallas started playing Sagan and Ben against the, they called them the Yofa line, yeah. uh, Johansson, Forsberg, and, and Arvidsson. Yeah. And 
that freed up Como, Fox, and Pitlick to go after another line a little bit, and it ended up leaving the Kyle Turris line early in the series on the bench a lot. Yeah. Actually, as you watch the first three games of the series and into game four, the Turris' ice time dwindled. Yep. And that really messed them up. Then they gave him a heavy dose tonight of the Foxa line, and they actually forced Nashville to move Forsberg to the line with Turris and Granlund. I really thought Nashville struggled to find the winning combinations. They really did. And I, I think you look at the past two games where it's they he juggled, Peter Laviolette juggled everything so much, it was like you didn't know what line was actually out there. That's how often he was juggling it. They just couldn't find anything that stuck. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Last question. Brandon writes in, this felt like the best overall playoff series the Stars have played since the early 2000s. In control, poised, depth scoring, great defense. The 08 run was special, but I never felt comfortable in any series. I felt after game one, the Stars were winning the series. Thoughts? Um, I didn't think that the Stars played great, played a really great game two. No. Nashville was the better team. So it felt, but you still had a 1 yeah. 1 series split going back to Dallas. When they lost game four, uh, game three, to go down two to one, you went, you could be the better team in this series and lose. Yeah. It wasn't until really the dominating game four, but really, Sean, to me, it was the game five performance where I started to think that they were. I, I felt confident from the start, but game five really turned it for me. Yeah. I agree with that. That's it. Yeah. We went through the lightning round and it's not 2 a.m. Yeah. I that's, think that's a win for us. I, I think so. I, I agree with that. I also think it's time for us to call it a night. Yes. Everyone, we will. Uh, be back for game three. Um, Whenever that may be. Maybe, I'm guessing maybe a week from Tuesday, a week from Wednesday. I'm just trying to do some simple math in my head right now. but We'll have to find out maybe Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. But un- nonetheless, we have at least two more car casts to go. Maybe three, maybe more. Yep. Um, pretty cool to see them win a-, a series and clinch it at home ice. Always a great moment because in 2016 it was on the road, and you know what? You couldn't ask for two better series so far, Sean. You get the preamble to the Winter Classic, Mm -hmm. and now you get redemption or the rematch from 2016 in the same round. Different circumstances for both of these teams, Mm -hmm. right? They had to really rally their seasons to get in, whereas the previous meeting was the two best records in the West in 2016. Yeah. That'll do it for us. Yep. Everyone uh, enjoy your middle of your week. We have more playoff hockey to come. Yes. Everyone have a uh, wonderful day or whenever time is. And buns, drive safe. No texting.